while that Havdalah was both um, ceremonious and joyful and happy and sad and all the emotions, it also really taught me that as much as things are ending, they're also beginning. And things don't really have to end as much as we think they do. They can kind of continue and form and mold throughout your life um, in the ways that suit your life at that point in time. Welcome to Waking Up to Life, 18 Minutes with Rabbi Josh, a podcast built around conversations with people in our community who have found enlightenment in their lives. While these events may not seem life-changing, the conversation today will reveal how these moments have shaped my guest's life. This conversation and insights from Jewish tradition may change your life as well. And if not, it's just 18 minutes with me. So, l'chaim, to life. Today, we welcome Annabelle Singer to our show. Annabelle is currently living in New York as a consultant with Ernst & Young, working on a media project, but has a story to share with us that has really changed the way she sees the world. Annabelle, it's great to have you on the show. Great to be here. Thank you, Rabbi Josh. So... You grew up at Temple Israel. You were active in our youth program. You even became president in your senior year and, and were a, a driving force in the way our youth group was shaped at that time. But then you went off to college and started to build your own life. And I know that that moment of transition really was a transformative time. So share with us today a little bit about that story. Sure. So it was my senior year and it was my final Havdalah. And for those of you who may not know, Havdalah is the end of Shabbat. It's a ceremony that's often pretty joyous, singing, dancing, really a, a fun time. And it was my last Havdalah. And at the time, I saw that experience as so intensely emotional. And the reason was because I knew that I was really excited for what was to come. I was going to my dream school, the University of Pennsylvania. I knew that I had so much ahead of me, but I also felt like I was really walking away from a lot. I had years and years of community and growth and family and friends that were, were so impactful in my life and really made me who I am. And I felt that walking by walking away, um, I was walking away from those experiences and those people and those relationships. And the reason why I really picked this experience, the reason why it made such an um, ingrained memory on my life is because I recognize now today that I didn't need to feel like I was leaving those experiences and walking away from that emotion, but it actually conti has continued to grow throughout my life. So the same way you and I are still talking all these years later, I very much have those connections and those experiences from the youth group, from Temple Israel, and from my com community and my family, um, from my childhood. And uh, if anything, I've only grown closer and grown stronger with those people and those experiences. So um, while that Havdalah was both um, ceremonious and joyful and happy and sad and all the emotions, it also really taught me that as much as things are ending, they're also beginning. And things don't really have to end as much as we think they do. They can kind of continue and form and mold throughout your life 
um, in the ways that suit your life at that point in time. So it sounds like you were, as you talk about that experience, you were able to transform a, a difficult moment into a much more positive approach to the world. But I want to ask you, what in that moment, if you can sort of take yourself back to that Havdalah service, that ritual end of Shabbat, that, that time of transition, what were you worried about? What, what were the fears that you were carrying? And how did that specifically transform into the opportunities that you're describing now? Sure. So I think I was fearful that I would lose what I had. So I knew that I had a lot of friends and a lot of really strong relationships with family and, and teachers and leaders and all of the people that really shaped me who I was at that point in time. And I felt, or I thought that I, it, by leaving, by stepping out of that world, that it was all going to be gone and that I was going to lose those experiences and lose those teachings and everything that I had gained to that point. Thought I was leaving it and losing it when in reality that wasn't the case at all. So let's talk about a specific example. You were very active in our youth group, as I mentioned earlier. You were the person sort of creating Jewish moments for younger high school students as an older mentor. Were you able to recreate some kind of Jewish experience that has been fulfilling for you at college and now in New York City as a young adult? Sure. So I, after being the president of Yifti, went on to be very involved in the Chabad group at my, at my school at the University of Pennsylvania. And I worked um, with countless um, both clergy as well as students to really foster somewhat of a similar kind of community that I got from, from Temple Israel. And um, there are obviously differences when you're working with a college group of kids versus a high school group of kids, et cetera. But um, many of the things that I learned from my Yifti experience, I tried to recreate in some way, shape, or form. So um, the the real guiding principle of like Judaism being a backbone and, and creating relationships based on that, but with people across the board was really important to me. Not necessarily every connection needs to be about Judaism. It doesn't always need to be about specific scripture or teaching or something, but creating those friendships just kind of with the the, the leading principle being Judaism allowed us to really foster a tight-knit community and, and bring people together that way. It's interesting to hear you talk about that because there has been recently a lot of conversation about what's being called relational Judaism. And it's exactly what you're describing, this idea that you can build relationships as the core value. And of course, those relationships end up in time celebrating holidays and celebrating Jewish moments. But the Judaism is not the the driving value, it is the ancillary value. So it sounds like you took being a leader and being a Jewish leader and just applied all of those values, all those skill sets in into the college world. So let's fast forward to where you are now, living in New York City, a young professional. Do you find some of those same values driving the way you're building relationships in business and in your social life? So I think it's at the core of everything I do. I think that being Jewish 
um, both from my experiences at Temple and everywhere else has taught me that um, many of the lessons in which I live by, I don't necessarily see it as a driving force in my career from a day-to-day -day perspective, but I think my decision-making is much, much enforced based on my Judaism. I also think that um, in creating friendships and in trying to build out my communities, I do look to, to strengthen that Jewish community. And while I haven't necessarily like thrown myself into an organization yet in my young adult life in New York City, I definitely aspire to um, work in a way or give my time in a way that I can spread that, that mission and that message of spreading Judaism in a way that doesn't have to be necessarily religious, but more bringing people together under that pillar. So I'd say that it very much um, brings me and it impacts my day to day, but doesn't necessarily um, lead my day to day. So what, what I, I think is so beautiful about what you're saying is you talked about that sense of loss early on in your moment of enlightenment and recognizing that it's really not loss. It's really something that you've gained. You were mourning for that stage of life to be done, but really not the all of what you had gained. And I think that's an important message for our listeners today is to understand that we can take those things that we've been given and reapply them over and over and over again. And the values never go away. The moments may disappear, but the values themselves don't. So yeah. I, I'm guessing that one of the, the core pieces of that, that moment of, of transition was leaving your family. Do, do you look back and say that that was probably one of the hardest parts of, of that departure? So I grew up with my family all over the place. Um, I actually grew up without a mom. My mom got sick when I was really young and um, wasn't a part of my life afterwards, but her family was very much present in my life. So all of my mom's siblings, two sisters and a brother, my, grand my maternal grandparents were present at every single stage of my life. They never missed a beat. And similarly, my dad's family, my dad's from New York originally, but we lived in Michigan, obviously. And um, my dad's family was ever present in everything as well. So I think that um, while I knew I was, quote, leaving my, my immediate family, um, I had grown up with this um, mentality, this exposure that the world was much bigger. And so um, my dad and, and really my maternal gran grandpa, who passed away a few years ago, lived by the, the notion that um, everything should be celebrated. And we really never miss a family celebration for anything. I mean, like little nothings become big celebrations in my family. And so in going to college, while it was sad to be leaving, I knew because I had been taught since I was so young that like we, we really, we rally the troops for every little thing. I knew that that would continue and that I wasn't necessarily moving away from them while I was in, in physical presence. I, I knew that we would continue to kind of do those things that we do best and, and continue to see each other and be together for all of the best times. I wonder if having that moment in your life, having a mom with an illness and, and having sort of the departure of the traditional family experience actually uh, gave you some of those tools 
to be able to use that relational experience that we talked about earlier to build a community around you. You didn't have a mom to turn to, so you were forced to go not just to family, but to friends to build uh, what I might refer to as the second family around you that was your core. Totally. And I didn't even feel at the time like it was my second family. And I say at the time, I didn't realize that all of this was happening then. But I filled in, my dad really gets a lot of credit, but we filled in in ways that it wasn't our second family, it was our family. And so whether that was my my friends, my friends' parents, my synagogue and rabbis and everyone in that world, um, there were pieces of my life that contributed to what a mom normally does. And so um, I never felt like I was lacking a, a um, principle or a guiding leader um, because I had so many villains. I was lacking a mom, I was lacking emotion and I was lacking a person. But from, from the things that I've learned and been taught through all of these different, these different routes, these different pathways, um, I never felt like I was really lacking. I more, I took this as my norm and I created something out of it. So this may be a challenging question to answer, but do you think that because of the circumstances of your life, you are concerned that you are missing a piece that maybe others have, a maternal sense that you didn't ever get to model? Do you worry about as you move forward, you, you will have to relearn something that you didn't get as a kid? I'm sure I will. It's really hard for me to know what I don't have right now. Um, and I, I, again, go back to the credit to my dad of, of him doing everything and really being a mother and a father. Like, Real Mr. Mom, right? <laughs> real Mr. Mom, like like girl dad to the nth degree. He really figured it out some way. Um, that's not to say that there will be challenges throughout every step as there have been to date. I'm making it sound way easier than the reality. But I still think that um, I, will, I will continue to use those um, contributions that I've gained from, again, all of those different different methods, those, those alternative moms, we can call them, to um, propel me forward and to continue me on the path that I've been on of, of the fill-ins and that being my normal. So one of the things that I think is really important about your message today is that you have been open to looking at what's happening around you and letting it sort of come in and affect you in whatever way it's going to do, but not being, not repelling that, that process. And I think that that may be one of the most important values today is that we have to embrace the moments in our lives and use them to become the people we want to be in the next stage. Does that feel like it's what you're, you're offering today? Definitely. And I think that it makes, it makes me lighter, it makes me happier, and it makes me really be able to see and learn from experiences as opposed to, like you said, repel them and, and trying to just push things to the side. I think that allows, it allows me to have more of a holistic view and, and really an appreciation for the things that I do have because things are, things are so in flux and, and life is so temporary that, and I, and I learned that firsthand and so young that 
Um, I definitely think if you just let things seep in and experience them as challenging as they may be, I'm in turn able to give so much more and love so much more and feel so much more as a result of like that, that whole emotion. So it's interesting because Judaism often refers to the synagogue as a kahila kadosha, which in, in Hebrew translates to a holy community. And it's almost as if you have used a variety of holy communities to access what you needed for life and then you apply them. So I, I, let me ask you moving forward. You're a young woman in business. You are living in a city that often feels lonely because it's so giant and, and especially in, in this moment, right? So filled with challenges. Where do you see this taking you, not professionally, but emotionally in the next phase of life? Do you, do, how, how do you think this is gonna drive you forward from today to tomorrow? I think that one of the most important things for me is to just continue creating really meaningful relationships and friendships and connecting with people in ways that I never thought was possible. Um, different types of people, Jewish, not Jewish, whatever it might be, but really looking for connection. And it's something that I've always strived to do. So, so um, taking experiences with shared experiences with people and making something more out of it keeping connected with people that you may not have thought that i or may not i may not have thought would be my friend previous i think that's one of the most important things for me um i'd also say that from today to tomorrow i just want to keep learning from others so i have realized um to this to this date that everyone else knows a lot more than i do and there's a lot to learn and i think that one of um, the best things that I can do is just to continue to take in what other people have to give and and try and make something out of that. And do you ever feel lonely in that process? Is it ever a challenge? Yeah, definitely. I think that it's tough to, it's not always easy to connect with others. And it's tough, especially in these times, as you said, to to find those connections and to stay to stay in tune, but also stay excited and to stay energized by the world around us, the people around us, et cetera. And so um, I feel isolated in, in both the physical, the physical sense right now, but also in the emotional sense that there are no shared experiences right now. You're not going through short of, short of what we're all going through. You're not going through any day-to-day -day kind of um, highs and lows. And so um, I definitely feel isolated at times, but try to just recognize that everything is temporary in that sense. And so um, there are always ways to reconnect and always things to talk to and reminisce on and, and stuff like that to, to stay connected and tied with everyone up. But I think you're saying something that is really important for everybody to understand. There are moments of challenge. There are moments of loneliness but it takes real action. You, you talked about it, you have to be connected. You have to use things like technology and uh, other connective tissues of our society to not let go of building on those relationships and using them to propel you forward, which can be very challenging in a moment like this. Definitely, definitely challenging. So I, this has been an incredible lesson. You talked about learning from others. I have always said that one of the strengths of our relationship is that we, while I'm the rabbi, you, you're a youth group kid, now a young adult, I feel like I learn from you 
equally as as you are learning from me. And I, I just am so grateful for you agreeing to be on the show, agreeing to be a part of this conversation and share your wisdom with our guests. It's an honor, seriously. And I've always thought that about our relationship too. It's just one of my favorites. So I end every interview and every podcast with a quick question to my guests. Uh, is there a book that you've recently read, a uh, television show you're binge watching, or a movie that you've seen that has impacted the most recent couple of weeks or months? Sure. So I recently finished Americana by Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie. I don't know if I if I butchered that name, but um, <laughs> totally changed the way I've been viewing and seeing the world. And I I definitely recommend everyone read it. It's a it's a realistic fiction book um and it's a great great read so about today's america or sort of the development of americana it's about an african woman america and experience the united states as a an african american firsthand realizing things that we would never know someone would take in today. So it just, it questions race, it questions society, and it's, it's really an interesting good read. So I think that at the crossroads of, uh, of America right now, looking at race and race relations, that sounds like an excellent read for all of us. Exactly, it's so important. So I'm appreciative of that book recommendation. We'll have to look up the actual uh, author's name and spell it out in the description of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Will do. So Annabelle, thank you for being a part of the show. Uh, thank you to all of you for watching today and being a part of Waking Up to Life with Rabbi Josh. 18 minutes is a short period of time, but it's a lot of information that can be learned. Uh, please join us for future podcasts as we continue to grow and continue to learn from members in our community whose lives have been changed in moments of enlightenment. Until then, I'm wishing all of you the time to life.